Come on. You know, last week at, uh, at our drive-up service, uh, I spoke on the subject, you've not passed this way before. And there was so much in it that I want to continue on with it today. So this is, you have not passed this way before, part two. Last week I read from Joshua <clears throat> chapter three, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, verse three, of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. You have never been this way before. I truly believe that last week was a message from God to our church, to our city, to our state, to our nation, maybe to the world. I don't know that I'm qualified to preach a message to the world, but I've, I felt like it was a very pivotal message. And I do believe that we are about to enter new territory. I believe God has new things for, for you as your, your family and your business uh, in our city, in, in our church. But I want to remind you that there are obstacles to the other side as well. There are always obstacles to the other side. And what you find with Israel, the first generation, when they came to the Jordan River, is that they had, they had two situations, obstacles that, that made them wander for 40 years. The first one was unbelief, and the second one was fear. These are the two reasons that they had to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. Well, you know, the vaccine for unbelief and fear is this, faith and love. That's the vaccine for unbelief and fear. So if you ever find yourself <clears throat> in a place that, that you have unbelief and you're getting fearful, focus on love and, and ask God to build your faith. <clears throat> we have never gone where we are about to go as a church. I'm telling you, we've been through some really cool stuff. We've seen some great things over the past almost eight years, <clears throat> but we're about to go to a place that we have never been before and we're going to do it together i'm so glad that god has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this i'm glad that i'm here i'm glad we get to do this thing together but before we can step into new territory there's a jordan river we got to cross over that's the first thing so i want to talk about how do we cross over into new territory god gives joshua some direction on this and then joshua gives the direction to the people i read it a moment ago he said when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Remember this though, before you write it down, the Ark of the Covenant is symbolic of the presence of God. And so God says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant begin to move, you were supposed to move as well. So number one, when, you, when you're ready to step into new territory, the first step is this, follow God's presence. I want to tell you as your pastor, it is time for us to seek after and follow God's presence more than ever before. We need more of His presence in our life. And you know the only way that we can experience His presence is if we make His presence a priority. We have to seek His presence. Let me ask you a question. And this is not at all, I don't want this to feel condemning or it may be convicting, but this is not guilt. When's the last time you felt His presence? When is the last time you experienced the sweet presence of God? And sometimes it comes sweet and sometimes it comes strong. But when is the last time you felt it? My wife, Kristen, has a, a great saying that's sad but true. She said, sometimes we can be more comfortable outside of God's presence than we are 
in God's presence. And we know that God is everywhere all the time. But when I'm talking about His presence, you know that moment when suddenly that song is on the radio or, or Zoe and the team are leading us in worship or maybe you read a scripture or, and you just feel that, that they, the old timers call it the Shekinah presence, the glory of God that would just come in. When's the last time you felt that? I want us to be hungry for His presence. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The other day we were on one of our prayer calls and Casey Millison, who, who is our director of outreach, and, and she does so much around the hills. But during her prayer, she made a statement. She said, Lord, may your presence be paramount. Yeah. And I couldn't get away from those words. God, we want your presence. We want your presence. Come on right here in the studio, right where you are. Why don't you just tell him, Lord, I long for your presence. I want you to be close to me. I'm seeking after you, Lord. I ask for you to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Do you feel that? Did you feel that? That's the presence of God. So if you say, I've never felt God, well, you're wrong because you just did just then. <laughs> so first of all, <clears throat> I don't want to leave this moment, but I, I want to get through this today. Uh, first of all, he says, follow, the, follow God's presence. And then he says, you're going you're gonna to follow the Ark of the Covenant and the priests that are carrying it. So number one, follow God's presence. And secondly, follow the leaders. Follow the people that God has put in your life. You know, what, Jesus, what God was telling them is, follow the men of God as they carry or are led by the Spirit of God. It's like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I take that as one of my highest callings, to know that I'm supposed to be leading you, but the only way I can lead you is to be led by Christ and be led by the Holy Spirit. But God puts the, the, the five-fold ministry in our life to lead us. The apostle, the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, and the, and the teacher. This five-fold ministry in our life to help us be what God has called us to be. You know, I always think about the word pastor and how as a shepherd, uh, his job is to lead the sheep to fresh pastors and, and lead. And we grow, growing up in Mississippi, they used to call my dad Pastor Ragsdale. And so, but, but that's the pastor's job is to lead you to fresh pasture and to, to lead you to fresh water. But you know, this is not just for pastors. I believe it is time for every believer to be a leader. It is time for all of us to step up and start leading. Yeah, well, and, and some of you would say, well, I don't feel like I'm a leader. Do you know what a leader does? <clears throat> they lead. Huh. Okay. That's it. <laughs> don't have to be good looking. Yeah. Don't have to be strong. Yeah. Don't have to be tall. They don't have to be a man. Doesn't have to be white or black or Hispanic or, or, or a certain economic status. No, just lead. Leaders are the ones who go in first. Leaders show up first. Leaders sit up front. Leaders are always out front. I love what Psalm 42 said. I was always at the head of the worshiping crowd, right out front, leading them all, eager to arrive and worship, shouting praises and singing thanksgiving, celebrating. That's what leaders do. They're out front. Leaders serve first. Leaders give first. Leaders forgive first. Leaders love first. I want to encourage you to lead your family, lead your community, lead your workplace, lead your school. How about this? Lead your social media community. Okay. Yeah. They are following you after all. Sure. So lead them. 
It is time for us to see some leaders rise up at the hills. We got some great leaders, but we need more. Everything rises and falls on leadership. It's important. I want to encourage some of you mature folks, and I'm mature. I'm 50 years old. So I want to encourage some of you 40, 50, 60-year-old folks at the hills. It is time for you to start leading. Lead in serving, lead in giving, lead in be, be, a, be a leader of a small group. I want you to hear your pastor today. It is time for us to lead. Because if we will lead, they will follow. And then it goes on. He says, you're about to move out. You are. He says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, presence of God, and when you see the men of God, the leaders, when you see them moving, then you are to move out from your positions and follow. Number three step in moving into new territory, you have to move. Now, can you imagine who, who he's talking to? People that have been wandering in the wilderness you know they just wanted a break, man. Can we just sit down for a little bit? I know you're ready for a rest, but you are going to have to move. A couple of times in Scripture, we see Jesus telling someone to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. One of these is found in John chapter 5. Let me direct your attention there. John 5 and 8. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And watch this. It says, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. And that day on which he took, uh, on that, the day on which this took place was a Sabbath. Now look at Mark chapter 2. This is another instance. Mark chapter 2. Jesus says, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. And the scripture says, he got up. And he took his mat and walked in full view of them all. Notice this. The first reference says, Jesus says, take up your Get up, take up your mat and walk. And the first reference says, at once he was cured and took up his mat, his mat and walked. The second one says, he just got up. It doesn't say anything about him being healed. doesn't say anything about him being cured. He just got up. Could it be that his healing was connected to him moving? Oh, wow, right. Yes. Could it be that all God wanted him to do was make a move? Make a, make a move. And when that happened, it activated the healing in his life. Here's the deal. Whether he was healed before he got up or he was healed because he got up, if he would have stayed there, he could have stayed on that mat for another 20 years and would have never known he was healed because he did not get up. I want to encourage some of you to get up right now. It is time for you to move. I know we've been sedentary. I know all of us have gained weight. Okay, I get it. I get it. it, it uh, our trainer, Robbie, I saw him the other day. And man, he just lost all kind of weight and built muscle. And I said, my goodness, Robbie he said, I said, what happened? He said, I didn't have anything else to do but work out. I'm like, I had a lot else to do, like eat, bro. I had a lot of and I said, well, how much have you lost? He said, I've lost 10 pounds. I said, well, I found your 10 pounds, buddy. <laughs> and then at the worst time to gain weight is when you're on camera like this. Because you know they say the camera adds 10 pounds. And I think I've eaten about three cameras. So there we go. <laughs> hey, I know, I know we've been settled in this thing. And, and I want to encourage you to get up. Come on. Yeah. What's your next step? Is it, is it your health? Is it your relationship? Is it your walk with God? Get up. And if you want to read some more on Joshua, I love the scripture of Joshua. Moses dies and Joshua trying to figure out what he's going to do. And all of a sudden God appears to him. And you know, Moses and Joshua is like, oh, thank God you're finally here. And listen what the word of the Lord to Joshua was. Hey, Joshua, Moses is dead. Now get up and go. 
I want to encourage some of you. Some stuff is over. Yeah. Come on, let's get up and go. <clears throat> Look at Joshua 3.15. It says this, it was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. When God asked them to cross over, it was the worst time to cross over. Wow. Something maybe you've heard me say before, the barrier to your blessing is always biggest at harvest time. God always asks you to do something when it's the worst time to do it. Yeah. We're going into a construction of a new building when we're in a recession. Come on now. Uh, right. And you know, the Bible tells us that the feet of the priest were the first feet to be put into the water. There. Remember raging water? Raging? And God says the priests have to put their feet in first. Wow. You know, God rarely asks you to do something that you can do on your own. Yeah. Wow. It always requires some faith and some God. Yeah. So I want to encourage you on the fourth step today, and that is this, a step of faith. Yeah. It's going to require you to take a step of faith, not just get up, not just take up your mat, but start walking. Take a step of faith. Remember, it's a raging river, and yet they still stepped in. And the scripture tells us that as soon as they stepped in, that the water north of them began to back up until the riverbed was dry. Look at Joshua 3.17. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. And they waited there until the entire nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. You see, God performed the miracle, but it took the faith of the priest stepping in to activate it. God is going to ask you to do some things in this next season that are going to require faith. You're going to require faith. They're going to require you stepping out. You're going to be a little scared, but I would encourage you, if God tells you to do it, go for it. Another thing to note, and I love this, is that the priest stood in the riverbed until the entire nation of Israel crossed over hundreds and hundreds of thousands if not millions of people we're not sure how many died in the wilderness but we know it was a whole bunch of people that crossed over and the priest stood there with the ark of the covenant until everyone crossed over let me tell you something as your pastors Kristen and I and our pastoral team and our staff we are not going to be satisfied until each of you has is walking in the abundance of the promised land we want to stand there stand in the gap until you get where God wants you to go. And then Joshua said to the people, Joshua 3, 5, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Amen. Sanctify yourself. What does that word mean? The old timers used to talk about being sanctified. Are you sanctified? What does it mean to be sanctified? It means this, to remove yourself from the world. So the fifth step, and stepping into new territory is stop being worldly. Come on now. Wow. What does that mean? Go stop there. sinning? Well, yeah. Stop backbiting? Yeah. Stop bickering? Stop being jealous? Yes. All of those things. Stop being carnal? Yes. But I want to challenge you with this scripture, Romans 12.1. I therefore urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And here he says in verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Wow. Wow. 
as I've watched our nation really turn against each other, as I've watched left and right and black and white and everything in between just kind of being torn apart and attacking one another, the thing I keep asking myself is, what is my job as a citizen of the kingdom? How am I supposed to act as a citizen of heaven? Because you know, as a citizen of heaven, as one of God's children, we're called to do things differently. We love our enemies. We turn the other cheek. We stand up for the weak. We love the unlovable. That's what it means to not be worldly. Yes, stop sinning, okay? I get all that. But it's about having a mindset change. It's about the way we think. Because if you can start having a transformation or a renewing of your mind, you're going to have a transformation of your actions. Start right there. And then Joshua says, Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And the sixth and final step, to get ready to move into territory, new territory is get ready for greatness. Wow. Get ready for it. Yeah. So come on, some of you have been thinking small for too long. Yep. You got a small mindset, just a get by mentality. I want to challenge you to increase your capacity for what God can do in your life. Let your faith begin to rise. Look at me. I want you to believe for something big. I want you to believe for miracles. And I want you to make room for miracles. God can't send a miracle if you haven't made room for it. So enlarge your capacity. Get your thinking out there. Begin to dream and plan and, and begin, to, begin to think about what God wants to bring into your life. Begin to believe for reconciliation in our nation. Come on. That's not too... Is anything too hard for God? No. Begin to believe for revival. Begin to believe that as soon as we go back to in person, that people from all over are going to start coming. As soon as we move into our new building in phase one, that we're just going to pack that thing out and and that we're going to have thousands and thousands of people making next steps toward Jesus Christ. That's what I'm believing for. I don't want to just get in a building. I want to get in a building so we can see a harvest for God's glory. Amen? Come on, clap your hands right there at home. Ephesians 3.20, you've heard me quote it, I love it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So whatever you can dream up, whatever you do to get ready for greatness, you have not even scratched the surface for what God is believing to do in your life. Come on, do you receive this word today? If you do, just say amen. Amen. Right there at home, in the studio, just say amen. Amen. Man, I feel it today. You have never been this way before. And I'm so excited that we get, to, we get to experience this journey together. Let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for every single person that is viewing right now, that, that's engaged into this, this message time. And Lord, I just pray for them right where they are. God, I pray for those that are, that are walking through tough times and, and, and trials, Lord, that you would come close to them. God, I pray that you would give us all a hunger and a thirst for your presence. I pray, God, that you would just show up in the kitchen, Lord, that you would show up in the car, that your presence would be so manifest that there would be no question that you've been there. God, I pray that you would allow us as leaders to lead our church exactly uh, where we're supposed to go. And, And I pray, God, you would begin to raise up leaders. People, Lord, that in their heart, they know they're supposed to do more, but they don't know what it is. 
Just, Lord, begin to raise them up as leaders. I pray for God those that are kind of stagnant and stalemated that, God, you would just give them a little push because they got to move before the miracle can happen. I pray for every single one of us to take a step of faith, God. Whatever that is in our life, help us to take that step of faith. God, forgive us for being worldly. Forgive us, God, for thinking like the world and, 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 and being sucked into the way that they do things, Lord. Right now, we're turning our heart to you. We want you, Lord, to renew our mind so that we can be transformed. And finally, Lord, I'm believing for great things today. I'm believing for miracles today, Lord. I'm believing for relationships to be restored. I'm believing, Lord, for the windfall that needs to come. I'm believing for that, a supernatural windfall. I'm proclaiming it and prophesying it in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it today, Lord. I give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you again for joining in. And I want to give you an opportunity this, this morning, or if you're watching this in the evening on demand, I'm not sure where you are, but I, I want to give you an opportunity to to give Jesus your life. You talk about the greatest new territory you could ever move into is becoming a citizen of heaven, becoming a son and daughter of Jesus Christ. Maybe, you're, maybe you've been a, a follower of Him, but you've drifted away. Come on back home. He's waiting for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's been watching you. He loves you. He has not given up on you. Listen to me. That's a word for someone. He has not given up on you. You have not done too much for him to turn his back on you. Yes. He's just waiting for you. You know, the scripture tells us, he said, I will be with you always. So if you don't feel close to God, then you're the one who moved. So come on back home. He's waiting on you. And for those of you that have never began a relationship with Jesus Christ, how do I do it? I, I'm not a church going person. I don't know scriptures. I don't know how to pray or fast. Or I don't even know those songs y'all were singing a while ago. It's really, really simple. The scripture tells us this. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And all the, all the folks in the studio, those of you at home, come on everybody. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. I thank you that you have shed it on me. I receive it. I want your life more than my life. I know that you shed your blood for me to be saved. So I receive it. I confess my sins. And I also confess that you are God. I receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. Cover me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me completely and help me to live an overcoming abundant and everlasting life with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, everybody say amen. Let's celebrate with these folks right now.